How to Be an Artist, Step 5, The Merc with a Mouth, with guests Spencer Holt and Dee Bradford Gambles. Um, all right, guys. Well, thanks for uh, agreeing to join me. Of course. Uh, it's good to catch up with you guys. Without Draw Night, it's been, you know, very dif- difficult to connect with other artists. Uh, although I, I noticed from the one time I popped in, it seems like Digital Draw Night is is off the hook. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's that's been pretty good. It's uh, it's been pretty good. Um, so I mean, hopefully that'll. I don't know if you guys will think that's gonna, um, kind of turn into well, like real life draw night. Yeah, that's the idea. I, okay. I think. Yeah. So I would. We've done it uh, a few weeks now. Um, I, th- I and um, I would say pretty good success. Pretty much every time we've had. Uh, good turnout, good uh, amount of people coming. Um, and we don't try and make a big deal out of it. We try and just um, anyone who's interested in like working on comics and our uh, local people or even others, uh, we, we let them come hang out and we draw. And sometimes it's quieter. Sometimes we're showing off art. Um, but it's just like a good reminder that like other people are out there like working on stuff. Um, and it's that sense of community. I mean, you, you've talked about community and, and drawing and art and the importance of that in the past, um, a great deal. I, I, I yeah. would say. So, I mean, it seems like you kind of initiated it through the, the Facebook pages. Is that really how like you guys built interest around that? You have the two, what are the, yeah, I guess I have like a couple of Facebook pages you run for like local Utah comic artists, right? There's just the one. Oh, just the one. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, you guys have lots of different challenges, though. You have like Saturday sharing, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, we like we try to yep. keep uh, different. Like I want to say, like three three different things we keep up weekly. So I'm I'm pretty curious to see like if this ends up reviving Draw Night, because you know Draw Night was this thing. Um, it was this institution for like over a decade of comic book artists getting together to draw at various coffee shops. And really like right mm. before it was always this thing that kind of just kept going no matter what, you know, and then right before this whole like pandemic, it kind of looked like it had finally died, <laughs> you know, like I had stopped going for a bit and I like talked to you guys about it and you're like, yeah, I think it's dead. And I talked to, you know, Ryan and, yeah. and Jason and they're both kind of like, yeah, we're not going to go anymore. So I'd be really curious to see if, if this can maybe revitalize it, like put some life back into yeah, it. Yeah, I think I think that Spencer and I are both hoping for like a draw night 2.0. Okay. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, get get new blood, get new uh-huh. people. More um, probably more white guys. <laughs> That's always my goal. <laughs> we Yeah. I want a really uniform, you know, shade of of white yeah. in the room if possible. Mhm. Uh-huh. Yeah, we. I if there I, could be um, if there could be more discussions of pop culture, that would be cool. So. <laughs> yeah, really, we we like having uh, hearing hot takes about um, Quentin Tarantino yeah. movies, the latest Marvel blockbuster. Yep, yeah. just those two, just uh, Tarantino the movies Marvel and movies. Marvel movies. By the way, should we uh, should we introduce ourselves? <laughs> 
Yeah, yeah maybe please. I'll, oh, I'll, pr- I'll probably God, do. Please. I'll probably do a little intro, but you guys could introduce yourselves too. Oh, just oh, okay. can you do that now? Because I want to hear what mine's gonna be. Okay. Yeah, I want to hear mine. <laughs> okay, too. here's what I would say. I would just say like Spencer and Brady are two. Uh, they're a comic book creating team. And can I? Can I actually have mine separate from Spencer's? You want your separate? <laughs> yeah. Uh, Brady's, uh, this guy that works with Spencer hold a lot, uh, and, uh, together, I don't know. <laughs> that it? Wow. Okay. No, I mean, I, I would just say, uh, I, I like the, the work you guys create. Uh, I don't know. I, I probably would write it out. Um, saying mm. it off the cuff is, I think it's interesting let's, what you guys let's, are doing. Uh, let's workshop it. Should we workshop it a little bit? Yeah, maybe, maybe I have some notes. Um, I don't know. If you're like open to uh, taking notes or my, you're, you're um, kind of set yeah, on what my, you have My there. first note, yeah. less Spencer. Less Spencer? Yeah, I'm not really into notes, but I don't know if that's going to stop you. So maybe you just want to go ahead and... We could just okay. power through. I, I've got a list. I've, I was making, I was making uh, just kind of, it looks, it kind of looks like chicken scratch, but I, I was making notes kind of throughout the the entire introduction process, which lasted, I think <laughs> upwards of 15 seconds. Well, if you, if you cut out all the stuttering, it was probably more like five altogether. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah. Um, I, here, I'm going to, I'm going to just introduce, jump into it. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to introduce Brady and then he's going to introduce okay, myself. Good. Okay. That's, that's, that's what we're going to do. So, um, I met this this fellow by the name of Brady um, at a draw night. I believe he was invited by you, Brandon Dayton, um, at a convention. Probably like of some the first kind. the first Comic Con. was the first Salt Lake Comic Con. I will I th- uh, bring the facts when I do my introduction. Okay. <laughs> okay, yeah, we'll get back to the facts. So Brandon Brandon invited you. Um, Br- invited this uh, D. Bradford Gambles, um, aka Brady. Um, and I remember seeing him drawn and doodling in his little sketchbook. I was like, heck yeah, that is so good. Like I loved, loved his style, really liked it. Um, and I was looking for people, um, who wanted to collaborate in particular. I was doing a lot of writing, um, and, um, was looking for somebody who was interested in drawing comics and his style was like perfect for, for some of the stuff that, um, that, that lined up with uh, what my aesthetic was as well. And so I actually went home after meeting him. I got his contact information and I went home and I, um, I, I basically put together a comic pitch. Um, it was something that I had been working on, but it, it was nowhere near ready to be shared or anything. And so I like, I just wrote out a bunch and like sent it over to him. And I was like, here you go. Let's, let's start making stuff. Uh, and I think that was within the first week or so. And, uh, we've collaborated on, on quite a few projects and worked on a, quite a few things together. Um, small zines, um, larger projects like, uh, token city. Um, we've helped each other on, a numerous of our own projects, whether it's me helping um, flat some of his stuff or him giving notes on some of uh, the comics that I've done. Um, it's just been a um, not parasitic relationship. <laughs> symbiotic. Uh, symbiotic. Well, well yeah, yeah, symbiotic. Um, although I think I definitely get more out of it because uh, coming from the writing background, drawing drawing takes a lot more time than the writing does. Yeah. And more skill. Yeah. Uh, arguable. Arguable. Um, okay, Brady, right. it's you. 
All right. Um, and I have to do it about Spencer. Yeah, that's the yeah. one. Well, I will just I'll uh, fill in some of those gaps. So I actually reached out to Brandon over email because oh, geez, I started Spencer. working. Get it right. <laughs> I started working for Slug, doing comics for them. And uh, I looked up uh, a lot of the people who had done comics for them in the past and sort of reached out to them. That's also how I got in touch with Jess. Um, so I had never met Brandon before coming to Draw Night and be invited to Draw Night. Yeah, that sounds fine. Oh, are you supposed to say something about Spencer though here? Yeah, oh, no, Spen- it's not supposed me. to say something yeah, nice about, about me, Spencer. Uh, something nice about Spencer. Oh, jeez. Um, <laughs> It has to be nice. Okay. Um, oh God. Um, uh, pass. Pass. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, okay. I'll say. I'll say something now. Um, but anyway, I mean, one of the reasons I wanted to 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 chat with you guys is is one thing I think is really cool is um, that uh, I mean, this is kind of a related thing. Is is like I think I'm pretty envious of the fact that you guys have been able to find this collaborative relationship. I think for a lot of artists, like finding a good collaborative relationship is actually can be super helpful, you know, because it's so friggin' hard to like make comics and finding someone that complements your work and where you feel like you do better work together um, can be pretty cool. So, I mean, it's something I've personally looked for for a long time and never really quite found a good like long term fit. So that's pretty cool. And like the results like speak for themselves. I think you guys are creating really cool stuff. Um, you know, and some of the stuff, hopefully more people, a wider audience will be able to see, um, sooner than later. Um, but the other thing I also think is, is cool is that, um, you guys are kind of category of artists where you can tell that you're, you're serious about what you do. And I think draw night is kind of a really good test of that. Um, you know, people that kind of show up to draw night and kind of stick around, you know, are usually pretty serious about what they're doing. Um, so, uh, yeah, and I, I th- yeah. Just to add to that, I I would say um, like when Draw Night started to kind of flutter um, and and start to fall off the face of the map, um, Brady and I were still going to Draw Night, um, but it would just yeah. be the two of us. Uh, <laughs> so no no one else was going anymore. Um, it had kind of fallen by the wayside, um, and so like Brady and I. In fact, before all the COVID stuff, we started like scouting like different coffee shops um, to see like different options if we wanted to try and invite mm-hmm. new people. Um, and we're like, like we never we I would say that like Draw Night has never fully died because like we keep that up the oh, entire cool. time. Yeah, I would I would agree because we are planning on killing it, <laughs> so it's not dead yet. <laughs> it, it, if it dies, it dies exactly. by our hand. You know, and it's it's been such an interesting phenomenon because there were years when I went and it would be like um, a couple people, like two people there, three people there. But then there'd be other times you would go and it's like 12 people, you know, and sometimes that's always really fun when you have like a really big group show up and um, just kind of feeling that camaraderie and, and seeing the way that people share and stuff. Um, so, I mean, it'll be cool to, to, to see how it continues to evolve and, and, and stay alive. So I really ho- hope it does have a comeback. Um, yeah, hopefully these, um, the digital draw night folks will, uh, uh, graduate to, convert. Uh, yep. what do you, an IRL draw night, whatever you yeah, want to call it. Sure thing. Um, yeah, 
I, I also just want to say, I think one of the other things that um, has kept uh, Brady and I at it for so long is that we both have like this drive to mm-hmm. keep going no matter no matter what. Like we are still making comics like this entire time. Brady's a lot I, more, uh, I would say, proficient as far as like pages completed. Um, in fact, do you have do you have the statistic, Brady? Oh, if it's okay if you don't have it on. Uh, it, for pages completed, it was yeah. uh, eight hundred and I can't remember if it was twenty-seven or seventy-two. Oh wow, jeez. <laughs> yeah, so we we both. Um, yeah, you pull yours up. I'll I'll whip mine out, and, and we'll, we'll measure them um, and uh, compare. Com- <laughs> yeah, um, we did this re- somewhat recently where. We, uh, I mean, I guess we started a couple years ago. I, I can't remember the exact time when we started the, we, we made spreadsheets to keep track of like, oh, how many, how many comics have you done? How many pages have you I done? I think the idea was um, to feel accomplished. Sure. Exactly. That's really not yeah. a bad idea. Because so, no, it really helped. Uh, and it helped me because I never feel like I do enough. And so to kind of see, like oh actually like i've done like let's see i think it's, the earliest it, projects on here were probably like maybe 2015 or something but my i've done like 650 pages of comic that i've wow. written um 530 pages that i worked on colors pencils and inks those are those are ones that are more my project is closer to 250 mm-hmm. Um, so like my own projects, I would say are a lot, it's a smaller number. I do a lot more collaborative writing with and working on stuff with Brady and then a lot more colors for other yeah. people. You know, you know, honestly, I think, um, I think what you guys are onto is something that could be really helpful in the comic book scene. Um, the way I kind of think about it is, is it's almost like having merit badges. Like if you could have some sort of certification of like, Oh, I, I've done a hundred pages. I've done 500 pages or people that have done a hundred issues. Like, of course there's some problems with that. If you know, some people do more detail, like a Travis Charest is going to be different than mm-hmm. another artist as far as doing pages, but being able to have some, some sort of sense of, of progress and accomplishment and, and even kind of comparison, I think I think there's unhealthy unhel- ways when people can start comparing too much, but there's also healthy ways where you can kind of uh-huh. see like, okay, here's where I'm at, here's where I'd like to go. Um, so I think it's pretty cool you're tracking that. I mean, honestly, I think as far as how many pages I've I've drawn of comic books, I mean, I'm maybe 150 to 180 something in there. So um, you know, kudos kudos uh-huh. on that stuff. Um, I'm kind of interested. You guys have talked about, you kind of mentioned being driven and I'll let you guys each kind of, kind of, uh, go into this, however you feel. I'm interested in kind of knowing what you guys feel drives you, um, to create, like, what is it, what is it that makes that happen for you? Brady, do you want uh, to start? I would, except, um, I had an answer for this that I forgot to look up cause somebody asked me that once. <laughs> oh, really? And then I gave, I like wrote out a thing for them. Well, they were like studying an art book and the art book asked them to like create a artistic mission statement. Uh-huh. And so this friend asked me, do you, have you created one of these? And I was like, no, I never have. 
And then they're like, you, sh- you should. And I was like, all right, fine. So I wrote this thing up and sent it to her. Yeah. And uh, I'm going to see if I can find it. Did, did you feel like it accurately represented? Because sometimes mission statements are very much about something you're trying to get to rather than the thing that's mm-hmm. pushing you in that direction. Does that make sense? But they might be connected too. So, um, you go, you go, Spencer. It's your turn. Okay. <laughs> I need to look it up. I yeah, need to I look can, it up. I can go. Um. So what I would say for me personally, um, this is going to get like more existential sure. and and the like. But I, I think, um, for me. I think that the the purpose of life and the the reason for life is mm-hmm. to create and everybody does that in different ways whether that may be like creating life and and raising a child or like cooking and providing or like actual art art forms like uh drawing or comics um for me personally I really resonate and connect to storytelling um whether that's through like film or comics I I came from a film background I worked um, went to school for film and graduated and have worked on a lot of that as well as I actually teach, uh, film it to a high school, high schoolers right now. And so like film and comic are both storytelling mediums that tell stories through visuals. And so for me, I just think it's so important, um, to like, that's, that's my, impact on the world is to share these stories, um, and share this art. Um, and that's, that's how I want to be remembered and how I want to give back. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. I remember the the very first, um, green monk I, I worked on, I remember having this feeling, I, I, I took this trip to Japan. I had a bunch of pages, um, with me that I took, took over to, to Japan and I was going to work on while I was doing this, this trip with my wife. I remember just having this feeling of like, oh, geez, if the, like the plane crashed, it would like erase any anything important that anyone would ever <laughs> possibly have known about me. Um, but I think it's interesting kind of the drive to be like, I need to do something that demonstrates that I've made some sort of meaningful use of my time, you know, that I can look at and say like, hey, that's this is something I did that was that was worthwhile, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if I if I don't have the like something I'm working on or, or a project like, and I, I always do. And I would, I would argue I have far more than I can ever actually get to. But I, if I don't have that, um, I, I would say that I'm not as happy mm-hmm. of a person, not that I'm happy <laughs> now, but I, I think that it gets even worse, um, not having something to, to work on or, um, dedicate myself to yeah sure brady did you end up finding your your mission statement i did i have it okay go go ahead okay my mission statement reads i am driven to create stories by an unknown and perhaps malicious force from deep within (laughs) myself likely for the goal of finding a purpose for my life whether real or manufactured and the expression of ideas which might hold some meaning for someone else whatever that might be yeah Oh, that sounds pretty good. And I would, I, I would boil that down to really, I have no idea. Yeah, that's well, that's interesting. You know, um, I mean, it's, I kind of, some, I mean, a lot of, I can't, I don't want to speak for Spencer, but it's kind of a pain in the butt to create comics. Yeah, totally. And I don't know I why it. I keep doing it. <laughs> 
but it's I so just much seem work. compelled to do so for whatever reason. Yeah. Do you, do you, uh, um, yeah. but you're like a pretty daily creator too, right? Brady, like you're, you're drawing something yeah, for sure. Basically every day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I think that's a very interesting thing too. kind of having the sense of, of being compelled towards doing something. You know, I think a lot, a lot of times we're kind of taught that this, this idea that we kind of choose our destiny or whatever, which, you know, there's, there's probably some, some truth to that, but kind of finding in your experience, these, these things that you end up kind of being drawn to, you know, uh, mm-hmm. and it's not necessarily like, Oh, I'm going to do this. It's kind of like, I don't know if I have any other choice. This is kind of the the path I'm on. Like at some point you just get on the ride and you kind of just got to like follow through with it, you know? There's a, I was also thinking recently about, there's a, <clears throat> a guy in, uh, I guess I'll say popular culture. I won't name his name because if I do and Kay listens back to this, he'll get mad at me that I quoted <laughs> this person. But uh, I, I heard him say something once and I, <laughs> it's always stuck with me. He said um, that he would never uh, wish being an artist upon anyone because it is torture. Yeah. Yeah, sure. Um, for, for lots of I reasons. That, I, I agree. With, yeah. I agree with that a little bit. <laughs> I, I, there might be a lot of reasons for that yeah. too. I, I kind of have this, this theory that there's a very strong connection between things like depression and art. Um, that depression is kind of this, this fuel, at least I see in myself that has driven me to, it's like the dissatisfaction, you know, you have sort of a dissatisfaction with whatever different elements of life. And so you're like, okay, well, I don't want to just do the status quo thing. I don't want to just kind of follow what's been given to me. Um, so I want to find something drift different. There's this like desire for something different, something else, um, that kind of, kind of pushes you forward, uh, to make something. And I don't know if that's like an unhealthy, like ego thing, um, to be like, I got to do this to like sat to, to prove that, that I'm, I'm, I'm worth something, but it seems like something I, I see a lot. This kind of like, uh, this element of like not being totally satisfied with, with kind of the status quo way of things. And so being compelled to, to do something because of that. I like that. That's, that's a, uh, yeah, I think that's a, I, I tend to agree with it. I, I think that, um, there's an Ira Glass quote, um, that I think is maybe a more hopeful, um, <laughs> who, who version of that. It? Hope is for losers. <laughs> Um, they basically, he talks about how, um, when you're, when you're first starting out and you're making art, um, and the reason, the reason that you're doing it is because you like that type of art, whether it's like comics or writing or whatever. Um, and so oftentimes you start out because you have a love for that medium. Um, but the process of chasing it and the, the depression of like, Oh, the, not having satisfaction with your work and, and striving to constantly push yourself and do better and better comes from a place of you like just liking good things. You have good taste. Um, and it's, it's more about like, you know, what's good. And so you're trying to satisfy yourself. Yeah. And the process just happens to be kind of miserable. And that's kind of his working through the suck quote, right? Right. This idea that you have to like work yep. through the suck. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's at least I found for myself as, as far as like a uh, approach for dealing with like dissatisfaction with life. 
art's one of those things that's really delivered for me personally, you know, um, even if, mm-hmm. if other things are, are feeling difficult, just this feeling of like, oh, I'm doing something meaningful or just having something you can do that you feel proud of. I think that's like, that's a very mm-hmm. rare experience um, for a lot of people. Um, and so I think that is fine, um, even with all the, the kind of bullshit that goes into to working through them, to be able to have something at the end of the day that you can feel like, hey, this is, this is pretty damn good, you know? What uh, mm-hmm. along those lines? What's your experience with how long <laughs> that satisfaction lasts? Um, you know, what? honestly, <laughs> that's one of those things that um, I feel like it's not a very intense feeling, but it's a pretty, like, it's it's pretty perennial. I don't know what the word is. Like, I, I don't feel like it's gone away. You know, like that. I think that's what in general with mm. good decisions when you make a good decision in your life you know, it's something you can, you can keep with you for the rest of your life mm-hmm. to be like, Oh, you know, I, I did that thing, you know? Um, so whether it's finishing something like green monk, like that's something I, I can feel satisfied with. And it's not like it's, it's this, I have this huge swelling orgasmic feeling mm-hmm. all the time. I don't think I even, I even had that when it was released. Like <laughs> Wait, you've, you're saying you've never had that as for creating art. I haven't, um, but, uh, I, you know, in some ways I feel like releasing the book was actually kind of anticlimactic. Um, and that's not just because, you know, the sales were modest, um, mm-hmm. but it's just kind of like there's the labor that goes into it is so intimate and intense. And I mean, you guys know the work that goes into creating something and the fact that, that the patience of like mm-hmm. one page at a, at a time, you know, thinking about one page at a time and the care it takes. And then finally, when you're done, it's kind of like boom and you get a response to it and then that's kind of over, you know? So, but like, uh-huh. yeah, that's what, that's why I was wondering because like, it seems like for me, whenever I finish something, I think the longest I've ever felt like good about finishing mm-hmm. it was like a month afterward. And then I like, Oh really? I have to chase do you, do you feel is part time. of it? Like, because you start uh-huh. criticizing the work that you finished or it's just, uh, maybe, I mean, I definitely like, there are books that I finished a while back that like, I don't sell. Mm-hmm. And like, if I do cons anymore, I don't put them out at sure. all anymore. Cause I just don't want people seeing them. I would, I would, uh, I would echo that saying that I think there's always another, another rung on the ladder of success. So maybe like your first book, you do self-published and it, it like goes out to your family and friends and you're like, okay, I, I did something. Yay. And then you start chasing like, well, I, I want to get it into like a, like something into a like small press, or I want my stuff to be like seen and reviewed by people. And then maybe after that it becomes, okay, now I need to find an agent. Now I need to get published. Like there's always another thing. Like if, if you're, trying to like constantly push yourself. There's always another like step on that ladder of something to like sure. be striving I mean, for. It's, like I, it's never enough. My, my whole thing, the, the place I kind of left off that and I've kind of checked out of, of the, the comic making system for a little bit here while I'm, I'm kind of looking for work and looking to, to support a, a new baby. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Uh, All right. I was going to say, uh, following the same logic you were talking about, Spencer, along those same lines, mm-hmm. where does that end? What is the like 
publishing equivalent of autoerotic asphyxiation. <laughs> <laughs> right. But, but when have there, you gone too far? There's a point at which that some people are, are going to get a lots of uh, the professional success and not be satisfied, uh, you know? So, um, but I was kind of at the point where personally I had released a book with a, a publisher that I was happy with, you know, um, as far as like financially, it wasn't like a huge success. I felt like I got like good response from like peers within the industry, like lots of people that I respected that responded to it positively. So I was pretty happy with that. I mean, the next rung for me is I, I wanted to be able to be like, oh, you know, I want to be able to to be able to to get to a point where I can get some sort of generate some sort of income from this or at least sustain some sort of title which, you know, those are both two really high rungs to try to reach. There's not a lot of people in the industry um, uh-huh. that that reach those. But um, I don't know. I've kind of like checked out of it now. So I'm like, uh, maybe I'll get back to like doing that. But for like, honestly, I've not I've not done like any drawing. I've done like a few things here and there, like for my kids. But it's been like months. Also, can I get some stuff on, on a Minecraft with my nine dollars? Well, you'll have to wait a week, okay? But I already did. You already did wait a week? Yeah. Okay, let's talk about it after, okay, buddy? Uh, All right. Is it is it skins, Minecraft skins? It's, it'll be something like that, some sort of pack or something. So, yeah. yeah. He likes... My my four-year-old's playing it right now, and he... he we haven't bought anything, because he doesn't know that's an option. <laughs> well, we're trying to figure out how to do this with my son, because um, he just constantly wants to spend money, and so he gets money for Christmas right. or whatever, and he'll just like blow it. And so we have had to make a, make a rule that like when you decide you want to buy something, you have to wait a, wait a week before you can spend it. And it can now not be more than $10. And so I don't know, trying, trying to do parenting so, stuff. So, so your, your son is like, Hey, I want to buy a mask to protect my face from COVID. You're like, wait a week, buddy. <laughs> Come on, wait a week, dude. Get off my back. Jeez. Hey, it looks like we're, we're about reaching the, the, the midway point so do we want to run the mid-roll ad the the yeah do you you got the copy right brady yeah i'll do i'm to start go ahead okay. go ahead yeah you take it okay um squarespace <laughs> it's a it's a website that you can create websites from it's basically like web it's like a website you go and you like it has a baby like a website baby and that w- baby becomes its I, own and website. i just want to jump in <laughs> I just want to jump in with a testimonial and say, um, I, I myself, I've used Squarespace, um, and I think I might be in love. Man, they're getting they're getting oh, free, that sounds really good. Free publicity right now. <laughs> so go to Squarespace and use the offer code Deadpool, <laughs> and you will get ten uh, percent off or something. Who knows? Uh, back to the show. All right, thanks for doing that, guys. Appreciate that. Yeah. You bet. So, um, I actually, I wanted to use some of this time. Um, I, I think something Brady and I talk a lot about is how, how do (laughs) Deadpool, I mean, if we're, do you want to, should we go down the list? Like top five conversation topics? Deadpool's number one, Uh obviously. Um, number two, it's probably all this quarantine stuff. It's like hard to get around. Um, you know, I mean, number three. I feel like right? number two is like Spencer talking about that at me. <laughs> the the what? The quarantine stuff. It's, yeah. Yeah. It's a lecture. It's, it's me. Spencer mostly. lecturing Brady yeah. again. It's a, 
Spencer wants to talk to me about stuff, and I'm like, okay. Yeah. Some sometimes there's there's more give than give. <laughs> I yeah, that's that's just how it can be. Um, but but definitely on that top five, um, one of the one of the things that we talk about a lot is um, what's what's going on with Brandon Dayton. Why what's going on hey, with yeah. Brandon Dayton in terms of oh. comics? So you you mentioned that you've you've been taken taking things like slower as you're doing other stuff and that mm-hmm. sort of thing. Um, and we just, we, uh, we want to change that. Okay. Let's do it. Let's make it happen. What, what do you What's think it proposal? would take to get you? Uh, well, that's, that's the question is, is I'm wondering what is it that you, you feel has, uh, kind of slowed you down on the, on the process? Is it, is it that you're busy doing other things or is there not the drive that you once had? Um, it's, uh, I don't know. I'm kind of in a, in an interesting, um, like crossroads type, uh, place right now. Part of that is, mm-hmm. is finishing this previous book. Part of it is we have a baby on the way. Um, mm-hmm. and we've kind of just talked about like, I, I want to have, um, I want Annie to have the option to be able to stay home with the baby, you know, mm-hmm. and, and with the kids. And so I, I want to find some full-time work and that's, that's not going to happen with comics. So part of that sure. is just, just being like, here's these other things that matter to me and I have to balance them out. And I have finished this other book, which I feel good about. Um, I, I've like kind of explained to you like some of the, the experience that I've, I've had with um, meditation. And I think mm-hmm. that's kind of really affected really kind of put me in, in a spin and I'm trying to like land on my feet with that and kind of figure out uh, where I'm going now, right now. And so a lot of that is teasing out. I mean, one of the reasons I asked this question about like what drives you to make art is because I'm, I'm thinking about that a lot for myself. Is the spinning um, part of the meditation? Oh, it, it definitely can be for sure. Have you ever heard of whirling dervishes, Brady? <laughs> yes, I have. <laughs> is should, that what you you're doing? that up. Yeah. Uh, sometimes. Yeah. That's what they told me to do. You basically just like, I saw some kids like spinning and they mm-hmm. said it made them feel silly. And so I've been doing right. that now for the last several months and yeah, it's, I saw the face of God. So there's that well, for it. You know, if, mm-hmm. if you, I'm, I, I, can I ask before I Google it is whirling dervishes a sex act? <laughs> <laughs> I, it's not. No, it's okay. It's, I'm going to Google right. it then. <laughs> okay. Google it. Oh, I'm going to not Google it then. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's cool. Um, so yeah, I, part of it is is um, I I see this big part of me that was driven to make art for kind of these these reasons of I don't know vulnerability, maybe trying to prove something about myself. Um, and so I'm kind of stepping back now, and and there's there's a sense of it where it's like that I. I, I really like, I just don't have an interest in drawing lately, you know? And I feel uh-huh. like I went through a phase of just pushing myself so hard being like, here's what, if you want to be an artist, you got to do this, da, 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 you know, just draw, draw, draw and, and, and doing so much. Um, I, I really lost the joy of it. I mean, I even did, you guys probably know I did like a sketchbook summer, which is like a, a challenge mm-hmm. to see how much uh-huh. you could draw. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, So that's part of it, but it's just kind of figuring out now what is the part of me that wants to create art and wants to create it for reasons that aren't, um, you know, unhealthy. Um, so, uh, but I think that, Oh, go ahead. But also a part of it is, is getting this feeling. One of of the experiences I had 
um, coming out of this retreat last summer where I had my like mind blown was just this feeling of like, um, realizing how much I had identified with being an artist and just kind of being Uh okay with being like, you know what, that's not who I am. You know, like it's possible for, to be, um, to be something separate from that. So I'm still figuring it out. I mean, there's still, there's still things I'm tinkering with here and there. Um, but there's nothing I've jumped into. And then all of this, all of the quarantine stuff has made it very hard for me to really sit down and, and, and work on any of that stuff because I'm, I'm spending a lot more time taking care of the kids and, uh-huh. um, I don't know, but then I'm like doing a podcast, which has nothing to do with making comics, but but seems to make sense right now. Do you think that meditation, like finding, I know you've talked about finding some peace and finding, um, some solace in that. Do you think that, like you were talking earlier that often you were driven to create art from depression, that mm-hmm. finding some of that uh, solace within meditation has eliminated the need for you to push yourself to make comic art? Um, so I don't think it's, it's what I really felt was all of it was totally permanent. So when I first like really shared these experiences with you guys, I, I had gone through an experience that was this really uh, intense experience, but I think as I'm as I'm learning a lot of with a lot of meditative experiences, there's kind of an ebb and flow to it. You can have these really powerful positive experiences, and then they kind of kind of go away. Um, so I don't know if it's necessarily that I I feel at at peace completely, even though I I do feel more at peace in general. But there's also more of a awareness of of kind of the part of me that is, that is dissatisfied, um, or, or even depressed or whatever you want to call it. So I, I can see that more clearly. And I guess I'm kind of in this place right now where I'm just like observing things and not acting on them quite as much and just trying to, trying to figure things out. Um, but one of the things that definitely doesn't feel in balance right now is I feel like I I want to be involved with doing some sort of meaningful work and I just haven't figured out Mm -hmm. what that is. So, um, I'm not pulling in my hair out or anything, but I definitely feel like that's something that I really need to, to, to feel complete, I guess. Do you know know what, you know what's uh, really meaningful? What? The the quarantine and you should do a comic (laughs) for it. Oh yeah. You know, I saw, I'm not getting onto Facebook very often lately, but I did see something going on with that. Um, yeah, do, you wanna, do, you, do you want to pitch it Brady? Yeah. Not why really. don't you pitch it, man? <laughs> pitch it Brady. Uh, I, I never did sports. He's just going to oh, start no. talking about Squarespace just... again. <laughs> so, um, Brady, um, he gets nervous sometimes. Ooh. Um, I, po- I apologize on his behalf. <laughs> Um, but this is an idea, um, that he and I, uh, kind of bounced back and forth and, and workshopped and came up with something where, um, we are, um, taking our Facebook group, the Utah Indie Comic Creators Group and creating a anthology zine where, uh, local Utah artists are creating comics that are based on their, um, quarantine experiences or just on the concept of quarantine itself. So some people are taking that um, a more fanciful route um, or fantasy or sci-fi. Other people are taking it more slice of life, literal. Um, but it's uh, really just a chance to try and make some art out of a shitty situation. 
is now is it going to be all like in a standardized format so you can like print it out at the end of the day? Yeah, so we're doing um, like it's called corn zine because it's like typical zine size. So just an eight and a half by 11 folded in half hamburger style. Mm-hmm. And uh, just d- basically Brady and I will print and um, mail them out to people. Mm-hmm. Do you and so. uh, is there like a page count like uh, a suggested page count on it or people are free to do like whatever they want to do? Between one and four pages uh, okay. is what we're asking for. So if somebody's like, hey, I want to do something, but like I don't have the time, like you could just do like one page. Yeah. It could even just be like a simple four panel um, square. Like it could be uh, nice and easy. Uh, if you have more time, you could do something a little more involved. Um, but um, we wanted to put a, a lower page count on it just to keep it easier to get done, but also um, for us to be able to include more artists. Yeah, I actually really like that. I mean, it's, it's a nice, you know, limitations actually can be very liberating and things mm-hmm. like that, collaborative things like that can get bloated very easily. So, um, yeah, that sounds interesting. Yeah. Count me in. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll put something together. I still have, awesome. <laughs> I did one, I put out one of those things on Twitter. That's like, Oh, I'm going to do six characters and I still have mm-hmm. like six they're all going to be Deadpool, apparently. But, uh, <laughs> I, uh, that's pretty good. I, yeah. I, yeah, I think I was going to say part of the reason that, well, there are multiple reasons. One of them we wanted to do that is just to kind of motivate people to um, like actually get something done. Because mm-hmm. we see a lot of people in the group who are just kind of, I don't know if I want to use the word flounder, but like just kind of don't get anything done they could just kind of sketch around for a little while and i think it's important yeah. I, I think spencer probably agrees that uh you you should probably just get something done even if it isn't perfect you, sure. just, you, you might have some big idea you think is perfect but that's probably not the thing you should start on now you just need to get something done first you yep. know it could that's, be a really interesting time too to like experiment with style like I, re- I initially, I hear this concept from you guys and it just makes me want to be like, you know, I want to try something just like completely different than anything I've done up to this point, you know, mm-hmm. uh, especially with such a small format and do something, um, maybe simpler, a little bit. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a good opportunity to ex- experiment. Um, and I would say like, like Brady was saying, um, one of the things we, there's a lot of talented artists out there who want to make comics um, mm-hmm. and they draw characters an awful lot and they're great at drawing and rendering characters. Um, they may not be as like experienced with like perspective or backgrounds or that sort of thing, but sometimes they draw that stuff as well. But one of the, one of the most important things with comics is the actual sequential art, like telling a story and like, communicating whether it's through your camera angles um uh through like how close you are to the character how much of the background we see like uh what angle like all that stuff just makes such a big difference on like clarity of storytelling and that's that's one of the things that i really was drawn to brady's work was that like there was never there's never any like confusion on what's going on or how you're supposed to read the comic. Like it's very like understandable and it's just makes it an easy read, which makes it an, an enjoyable read. 
Yeah, I, I'm. I'm really. I love just the whole idea of like flow in comic. The in, in a comic, the idea that it's like one thing leads to the other, and it somehow is this connection of of pieces that become this this larger thing. Um, and uh, I think that's what. But it takes. I it, I think it takes a while to really feel comfortable with working that way of really knowing how one thing connects to the other and. Uh, I felt like it took me really hundreds of pages before I felt like, okay, this I f- I'm feeling like I'm starting to get the, the basic idea of, of how to do that. Um, yep. I would say the same. I, I used a comic, uh, made a comic dungeon crawlers back in the day. Mm-hmm. That was basically my like experimental, like figure things out. And each week I would try something new and experiment um, because I just wanted to create something interesting, create something for me. But like through the hundreds of pages doing that, like I, I, I just learned so much just by doing and trying things. Yeah. And I'm, I'm guessing Brady, you're, you're probably the same way with like killer on the roof before you even got into uh, food hates you. Yeah. Well, even before killer on the roof, the first comic I did was based on uh, the poem Oz- Ozymandias. Mm. That's right. Um, that's you, the end of that statement. Okay. So Brady, I'm kind of curious. Well, this can be for yeah. both of you guys. Do you guys ever run into any sort of like creative blocks or artistic blocks? I mean, Brady sounds like you're pretty prolific. Is, is there any time that you run into where you feel like you don't want to create or anything that kind of gums you up? Um, um, yeah, you know, we were, I think we were talking about that in the group recently. Someone mm-hmm. posted mm-hmm. and a bunch of people responded. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know that I can say that anything in particular, uh, no, 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 that's not true. If I, if I work on a project for a long time, I usually need to stop and I'll do a, a different comic project just to change mm-hmm. things up or just not comics at all for a little while. So you really do do that. You will go through times when yeah. you're just going to take a break from, from doing, but will you still have some sort of art, art project you're working on? Like do you usually, a, yeah. Yeah. What, what helps is having, um, Alt Pref, Press Fest and Gridzine, mm-hmm. which are two local mm-hmm. small press and zine shows. Usually what uh, I will do and sometimes Spencer will do as well is like take a break from our big project mm-hmm. and then come up with something small just to have something new for the show. Sure. Mm-hmm. I've, I'm really interested in, in kind of those, the Gridzine and the, the Alt Press Fest. Um, I did Alt Press Fest probably the first year. And mm-hmm. maybe it's maybe I'm just kind of this too much of a filthy capitalist, but there's I was kind of just like ah, I don't know if that was worth it. I think it cost a certain amount of money to do it. I didn't sell that much stuff, and it's just like I mean it's not as bad as some other conventions. That I mean I lost a lot of money on sure. conventions trying to trying to like promote my book. Yeah. So it's usually a losing proposition. But what is it about doing kind of those um, those zine fests that that draws you guys? Uh, yeah, I would I would say like there's almost no money to be made. Yeah, very little. Uh, I, I believe Alt Press is, Alt Press Fest is free, but it's first come first serve. And then Gridzine Fest, I believe, is twenty for a yeah, table. Twenty twenty or twenty five dollars. Is it curated yeah, too? Where they kind of pick who they want in there? Yeah, you yes. apply. Uh-huh. Um, and I I like Gridzine Fest because they they are like a lot more strict about like, Hey, if you have stuff here, it has to be like, at least this percentage of it has to be zines mm. and not just like prints of artwork yeah. and like your 
nice published books and stuff, it, it makes it a little more like um, focused, um, which Alt Press Fest isn't always. Um, but for me personally, um, like I never make money really at those things. Generally what will happen is like I'll, I'll make some sales and then I just use the money to go and buy other people's stuff. Yeah. Um, and, and it's just an opportunity to like have a sense of community mm-hmm. um, with other artists again. Um, and I, I've met a lot of people that way and uh, made connections that way and found a lot of, I think really awesome works of art that have like uh, I've held on to for all these years. So, I mean, do you kind of feel like you have to go in with the attitude of like, Hey, this is about having fun with art, celebrating art. This isn't about like some sort of like capitalist enterprise. Yeah, yep. absolutely. Or you'll be disappointed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, Brady, is there, is there, do you have anything else that, like for you? What's, what's the appeal of, of those types of events? Uh, well, basically the same, uh, along the same lines as Spencer, uh, for me, it's like probably seeing, seeing people in person. That I don't normally see some of the other creators. Right. Yeah. Uh, and then also it's that I like having the goal of making something new for it. Yeah. Like I could, I could set that goal for myself, but it's, a, it makes it a little bit more, uh, tangible to have something to actually work towards. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yep. Yeah. That's really cool. You uh, know, I feel like there's been this real crisis with, I guess, conventions and comic festivals and all those things over the last, you know, decade or more as they've, as they've morphed and changed into different things. I mean, there was a couple of comic conventions I went to last year while promoting Green Monk, where it was like the, the moment I stepped in the convention hall, I was just like, fuck, I know exactly what this is going to be, you know? And it's just like, you know, it's, it's this, especially the conventions where. Wait, can we, can we swear on this? Yeah, you, you may oh, if, if you oh, so uh, wish. Um, pee pee, pee pee, duty. Um, but you know, I can remember like the very first like San Diego Comic Con, the first time I went to San Diego Comic Con, and it was all like independent artists, and it was just all this like unique stuff, and it slowly has evolved into, you know, the never-ending wall of fan art prints like it's just kind of the incentives once you get in there and it's like i've got to make table how am i going to make enough money it just pushes creators to create a very you know it it, uh it filters their art into a very specific type of product you know um and it's interesting some conventions have found ways to to move away from that i went to heroes con and heroes con is very artist focused which was awesome it was like just doing commissions and stuff the whole time um, but a, a lot of those conventions to work, they got to like create standards and they have to like communicate the, uh, like the culture of it and say like, okay, this is what this one is about. You know, the conventions that are about making money, you know, exactly what you're going to see there. But, you know, I, I kind of like this idea of, I, I mean, I should really look at, at doing something like, like I'll press fest again. Um, but just kind of celebrating this idea about like making art for the sake of making art. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it changes what you create. I mean, you have to, what you have to create has to be kind of fast and dirty because obviously you're not getting, getting compensated for it. So, um, you have to take a different approach. Yeah. I would say in the past, both Brady and I have, uh, like done some of those, like the Salt Lake Comic Con and made more art that is like, whether it's like 
poster or prints of like usually pop culture, like cartoon shows or whatever of like popular things in hopes of like making sales and getting people to, to buy your stuff. But like, I would say we've kind of given that up almost pretty much entirely. Oh, I'm right, done Brady? with that myself. Yeah. I, uh, well, the only times when I was doing stuff like that, I like gave myself a rule that it was only like if I really wanted to do it, uh, so it was all like you know uh, cartoon shows that I liked, and if yeah. somebody happened to like them, that was cool. But Which, yeah, by I the haven't way, done that. Like that, that yeah. like arcade triptych you did is like one of my favorite pieces yeah. ever. Yeah, like that I really wanted to do because I loved all those shows. Um, but uh, yeah, I haven't had any motivation at all, except for very very recently to do anything along those lines, and that was for um, I'm probably going to do something for Deadpool. Yeah. <laughs> I think we need to really talk about doing a full a full Deadpool zine for something like Alt Press or or Grid. I think that would be pretty amazing yeah. tribute to Deadpool. Um, um, no, it was for I was going to do something for Midnight Gospel. Oh, cool, oh, man! Yeah, I need to check that out. Still, I just I just my last podcast I talked with my friend Dustin Hansen about it, and he was he was talking it up too. So, man, man. I think you'll like okay. it a lot. It's it's hard with I gotta have to find time when the kids aren't sitting around to <laughs> I can check it out. Yep. Um, Not a kid show. Yeah, I was gonna say I just think I mean this is just making me kind of think about like what a tragedy it is for um, just like all the thousands of artists out there that are just feel like they have to spend all their energies on creating stuff that they can they can sell. And most of them are going to end up going to a convention and putting them all up. And it's not even going to do that well because now everyone is doing it. Mm -hmm. Everyone's hitting it so hard. I mean, I used to do fan art and the fan art used to like sell much better. And now even like when I have done fan art, it's just like, it's like a trickle. It's like a freaking like urinary Mm -hmm. tract infection, you know, as far as how, how well it's, it's, it's moving. So, um, yeah, I'm just like totally done with that. I'm just like, I'm not going to make art unless it's something that like, truly comes from the heart or is interesting to me. Um, and I don't know, I think it's important to start curating those, uh, events that are really about that and people that want that know where to go, you know, and it's just like, I'm, you know, Uh Comic-Con, I'm done with Comic-Con. Yep. Are you still going to do it ever again, Brady? Oh, bring, yeah, I'm going to do mostly Deadpool art this year. (laughs) Um, probably just Deadpool art. Hey, here's what they'll dress up as Deadpool too. That's, that's actually a concept that I would totally get behind. If you guys wanted to share a table, hundred <laughs> percent, we, we make as much as fast as, as, and as much as possible. We make a ton of Deadpool art and just totally kitted out booth with just Deadpool art. They, be- they do. There, there's that one guy who is at Salt Lake Comic Con every year who does, is it stitch from Lilo and stitch? He does just art of stitch like really? dressed as other characters. Uh, <laughs> oh, that's cool. That's good. Does he have a Deadpool one? Uh, I, I imagine he'd have to. Yeah. Well, let's track it down. I just remember I it was was it two or three years ago I went to Comic Con and I saw Jeff Darrow there, and I was just like Jeff Darrow, mm. you're kidding me! And just it was no one was at his booth, just dead silent. And that was for me. It's just oh. like okay, this is wrong. And I, I think I even kind of said to him, it's just like you shouldn't be here. You know, like this is not the place where for you to be. And he like gave me one. He's like, take one of my sketchbooks. And I, I, he gave me a sketchbook and I like knew exactly how he felt. He's just like, I just need to get rid of these. Like no one, 
no one, but it's just like such a tragedy that you have an event like that and no one is like, there isn't a line to see Jeff Darrow, Mm -hmm. you know? Right. Right. And I definitely know who that is. (laughs) He's, he's a, I, I love his stuff. Like I've, do you really not know who he is, Brady? No, I totally do. You but know- like for people who don't uh, know who that is, <laughs> oh, maybe. Oh, God. Maybe you know those horrible losers that don't? <sighs> You're sitting in front of a computer right now. Well, look him up. I look am? him up, Brady. What? Yeah. what the hell? <laughs> you know who. You've seen his stuff. Yeah. You've. Yeah. He did. Yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, totally. What is it? Rusty and uh, Robot. Big boy. Rusty, and the, the, Rusty and the Robot Boy. Yeah. yeah, big boy and rusty, is, whatever it is. Big boy and rusty, that's what it is. And uh, like he, worked, and he did concept art for uh, the Matrix back in the day. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, he's probably done a couple projects. He's like um, good buddies with like Mike Mignola, you know. Like mm-hmm. back in the day when we used to go to conventions, it's, it'd be like you'd go. Oh, the- Joff! Oh, Joff Darrow! Joff! Okay. Joff! Now I know who you're talking. About. Okay. Um, I had a, I had a question for you. Um, I'm wondering what ever happened to get out of Turk? Oh, that. <laughs> are you, are you allowed to talk about it? Uh, I'm limited. I probably am a little limited to how I can, how much I can say about it. But I mean, it's, I don't, I, 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 just, I won't go into details. We can talk off air if no, you it's, want. I can, I can give the, the broad strokes. It's, it's mostly okay. that I actually had an offer to publish it. So the offer would, oh. would have would have restricted, I would have had to cut it down from what I, why, what I initially intended to do, which would have been fine, but it was really the case of, I knew that it would be kind of a speculative thing, whether or not I would actually make any money off of it. And it was, so it was mostly just like a personal decision to be like, this isn't something I can afford to do right now, which was, it was a tough decision because I like spent a lot of time, like way more time developing that than I, than I should have, you know? Um, mm-hmm. I wrote so much for that project. Um, you know, and it was, I was really happy with the pitch. Like the, that's like the, I feel it's the best thing I've, I've ever done. Um, but it's just, um, I don't know if anything's going to happen with it. And then, then with all of this, it was kind of up in the air with the publisher. I told him I have to figure out what's happening, going to happen in the next few months. So I'll, I'm going to get back to you and we can talk about doing it. And now with, with the pandemic, uh, it's probably less of a chance anything's going to happen with it. So um, mm-hmm. yeah, that's that. Whatevs. Do you think you'd ever, ever pick it back up? Like just like to tell the story that you, you want to tell, or is it like kind of dependent on like the publishing side? Uh, I mean, I, I'd, I'd, I'd be interested in picking it back up again. I mean, I would, I would do the courtesy of speaking with the publisher before I did anything else with it because I've never mm-hmm. had a really final, final conversation with them. So, um, I don't know. I, the, one of my uh, real problems is that uh, my mind is, is more active than the rest of me. And so I have, I have too Uh many ideas and I don't have enough, like, I don't have the work ethic to ever like do something with all of them. So, um, Uh that's part of what I have to sort through is, is figuring out like what I prioritize and and where I'm going to spend my time. So. But I'm thinking of doing more writing, so I'm I'm gonna I'm trying to find like an artist I can collaborate with. Um, which speaking mm-hmm. of which, Brady, I don't know if uh, if oh, if no. this thing with Spencer is really working with you or not. Are you asking me if Spencer's not? available? <laughs> 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 well, I mean, we have done 
a lot of projects so far that have gone nowhere. <laughs> yeah. That's very true. Mostly, um, uh, I don't want to point fingers, but mostly uh, my fault probably. <laughs> so uh, without getting into any – how much specifics can you guys get into? Uh, I know you mentioned Wondercade, and that was something you guys were pitching. Uh, mm-hmm. How's that been going? Uh, can you dead. say anything about it? It's dead in the water. <laughs> No, I don't think it's dead in the water. There was the longest silence there for a second. Um, I would say um, that it's still something that we're pursuing, but we've just kind of like the pursuing side has fallen by the wayside during quarantine. Gotcha. Um, But I would say, to be fair, it kind of fell a little bit by the wayside uh, before quarantine as well. Um, And a big part of that is that like, it's just kind of the worst type of work is like trying to find an agent. Uh, I was going to ask you about that. Like trying to find like you, you'll like research people and put together query letters and all these other things. And then you'll send it off. Mm -hmm. And then uh, sometimes you don't get anything. Sometimes you get a form letter. Sometimes you don't even know if they opened it or read it. Yeah. Um, And like from, everything I've read and heard, like that's just kind of the process and you have to just kind of keep at it. But boy, howdy, is it not fun? Sure. Yeah. Last time I went through that process, tried to go through that process. It was literally like I got, I got a referral and I sent an email to someone and they're like, yeah, this isn't my type of thing, but maybe you should talk to so-and-so. And so I'm like, okay, talk to so-and-so. And they're like, yeah, this isn't my type of thing, but maybe you talk to this other person. And I kind of talked, you know, they, they kept referring me to someone else until I, I basically went in a circle until I'd been referred to the, like the first mm-hmm. person I was referred to. And so I was like, Oh, that's, that's definitely a dead end when you, when you go back to where you started, you know? So that's tough. And it, it just, it kind of sucks that that's part of the system is you kind of need mm-hmm. this like intermediary, uh, and it's not it's not any easier that I think there's there's more people kind of jumping into the the system than there ever have been, you know. Mm-hmm. So, and I, I yeah, I'd be willing to bet there's there's more good pitches out there than there. I'm sure, even though I'm sure there's even way more crappy pitches, but I'm, I bet you there's lots of good pitches out there. Um, yeah, and I, I would say that I think I think our pitch is strong. I think our we we have a completed first issue that's uh, fully colored and lettered and and everything, and I think that's um, incredibly strong as well. And I think really it's just a matter of like trying to find the right person. Yeah, and it's just like throwing darts without knowing where the dartboard is. Yeah. Well, well often maybe really good. I think I just came up with it. No, I just came up with it just now. Stellar review. Well, I've read it. I think it's excellent. Um, I think it's really cool to see like uh, what you guys are doing. And I followed like both of your works for a while and it's like, you know, it keeps getting better and better all the time. So Uh um, that's very cool to see. Do you guys feel like you have, you've picked up like any efficiencies as you've been like working together and kind of just kind of repeating the process? Does it seem to be happen faster or more quickly or are you just now spending that time on other well, stuff? For, sh- for sure on this one, we went out of our way to like develop a process that was going to be fast or as fast yep. as possible. Yeah. So Brady, um, in his art style and his line style, um, like 
I, th- I think this project more than anything else, um, I, I, I say this not disparagingly, but Brady is often the, the type of um, artist who like first drawing is best drawing and will just like knock it out with the, the first like character sketch and be like, okay, this is who it is. And then like just move forward with a comic and it, and it turns out great. But I think with token, like he really sat with the character longer and, and drew her a lot more frequently and pushed the style and pushed the extremes. And I think made something better and better as it, as it went along. Yeah, for sure. I've never, I've never done that before. I usually, like Spencer says, even not just, just the drawings, but with ideas, first idea, best Mm -hmm. idea. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, sure. Did you find there's kind of a little bit of a, a valley of crap before you got to that end? Cause usually it's like, you can have a first idea that's great. And then you're like, well, let me, let me try some other ideas. You kind of go through like a lot of crap. It gets worse for a while before you come out of that. And you're like, Oh, Hey, there's something actually better here. Yeah. I'll look back at drawings of our main character, uh, <laughs> that I thought at the time were set in stone mm-hmm. that look n- like nothing like how she looks now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and I think now it's arrived at a pretty good place that I'm pretty happy with. But I, I wouldn't so have got I, there had I not taken a bunch. And I think part of it was, I can't remember the circumstance, but I was kind of, I had to do it that way. I don't remember why, but. It's because it's a big part of it was because you were still working on Food Hates You and you wanted to finish that first. Yeah. And so you would draw the character, like when we would do draw night, because you weren't at the computer to work on Food Hates You. And so it was basically like just keeping keeping drawing the same character over and over was a big part of that. Yeah. So yeah, I basically forced myself to do the actual work that one should be doing. And one should be doing anyway. And so we, we wrote them together and then I'm, I'm also doing the, um, the color. Uh, and so when I did the color, I wanted, again, we wanted something that was like, um, quick and easy and, and doable. And so the, entirety of of uh that book was actually colored keyboard and mouse Mm. um like no like i've got a tablet and i use that for most most other stuff um but um it's all done with like the polygonal lasso tool and it's all with like harsh um angles within the shadows and the highlights and all that and um it creates like i think a pretty unique visual aesthetic um, and uh, language, uh, visual language within the project, um, but it's also something that um, is easy to replicate, and I can do from pretty much any computer. So, like, say I'm like at lunch at work, I could work on it, or um, I if basically wherever I am, I could I could get like a little bit done here and there. Yeah, I, I think that's one thing people miss about comics um because it's clearly it takes so much work um but part Mm -hmm. part of the trick of of making it work is knowing when to hit the gas and in areas where you actually can can put a little bit less effort and i actually think that that's that works with the actual aesthetic like i think comics where you can figure out how to be more efficient actually makes the the comic storytelling better too you know, mm-hmm. I look at people like Sergio Topi or like I was saying, Travis Charest that are incredibly detailed and their details are so cool. 
but as as like a narrative when we were talking about earlier kind of the flow of the narrative and how panels work uh you know together that those artists can really drag when you're trying to read because they're so detailed that you're not you're, you're it kind of it kind of holds up the story it kind of bogs down the story so um oh right but actually what i thought was i was just going to say that learning to simplify is something that i like force myself to do with token as well. Like yeah. On our on our last project, um, which will go unnamed, it, uh, <laughs> I would like if if characters are way off in the background, I would still like zoom in and like draw them with as great a detail as if I were up close. Yeah. Um, but I've found ways uh, now to like simplify and make it easier on myself. Dude, and if if you watch someone like um, Ryan Otley work, like you can see that he actually he's not who he's, he <laughs> who's that? Uh, you know, just some another guy, somebody that shows up to to draw night. But even oh, even with the amazing yeah. stuff he does, oh, okay, he, there's all these things he does to save time. Like when you talk about it, he's like, yeah, I drew this person's wing covering the whole thing, so I don't have to draw these buildings. I silhouetted this person here, and there's this really strategic use of detail. I think that's that's super important to say. Like, I'm going to use detail here. I'm not going to use detail here. Um, the other another artist I really like. I don't know if you guys know Christophe Blaine. He's that like a French uh, cartoonist. Great layouts, very simple, great flow. Um, that's one of the guys that's really inspiring to me when I look at like this really strategic use of like detail versus like minimalism, but just like excellent layout, excellent posing. And so. he can actually make some of the details disappear, right, Blaine? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, he's a, a magician at doing that, you could say. <laughs> Sorry, Spencer, you were going to say something. David Blaine. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, yeah, I was just going to I was gonna say, now that I've got Brady on the record, oh, I, no. I want to ask him about that unnamed project that, that will not be named. Yeah. Um, because I, I think about that sometimes, um, there's a project that Brady and I, we, we co-wrote together. And again, this was one that he had, um, done. He, how many pages of pencils and 110, 110 pages of pencils and inks. And I've maybe done the first like act the first quarter of that, um, in colors. Um, and then it kind of fell by the wayside as I got, uh, I, I hate to say it, but paying gigs, um, working for people like Brandon Dayton, <laughs> um, doing uh, some work coloring and, and color assistant and that sort of thing. Uh-huh. And so um, like that, that project kind of failed and dissolved and a, a big part of that w- fell back on my shoulders. Um, but one of the things that I think about with it um, is that I think like you can see how much better we've gotten um, like with our new book, both in terms of writing, in terms of art, in terms of color, like token city is just, I think a lot more coherent and a lot more engaging and nicer to look at overall. And I think a big part of that was the horrible experience of uh, (laughs) working on that one and, and laboring on it, even though it didn't go anywhere. I think, I think, we both uh, grew a lot as artists and grew together as collaborators. Would you agree with that? Uh, yeah, I definitely would. Um, I'll say that uh, 
I usually <laughs> I like to play the persona of a uh, arrogant blowhard. Um, uh, but I usually am, as far as my art is concerned, pretty hard on myself. Mm. But I will say that I do think that token is probably the best thing I've done so far. Oh yeah. Oh. I think I think it's amazing, guys. It's it's like so charming, great sense of like character. Um, but it just, it has a feel, I mean, it has this like great, like eighties movie feel to it, you know, as far as the simplicity of character and the, and the, simpli- the you know, directness of the concept. Um, so hopefully it doesn't, you guys don't keep that under wraps for, for too long and you can find a way, um, to get that out. Um, in fact, Brady, how far, how far along are you on inks? Uh, I'm done with issue three. That's 66 pages. Wow. So we've we've got a considerable a considerable amount of it um, ready. So um, I don't know, Brandon. Do you have a lot of uh, agents and publishers listening to this? <laughs> uh, zero right now, <laughs> unless I decide well, to become an. I mean, not not like yeah, because literally right now it's just us. Like the way the podcast works is you don't. It's people don't actually listen to it while you're recording it. So. It's going to take Spencer, until we actually... Oh, idiot. that's right. Yeah. Okay. Well, we could have some... You know, next time we do this, I could have some... Just like some agents just listening. Just have them listen. <laughs> That'd be great. Because I'm sure listen, like having agents listening to you guys talk will like totally sell them on like, we, we should have published these guys' books. Cause I like what, if they though, talk. what if though Brandon was like, at the end of this, he's like, <laughs> and I'd like to welcome Dave Image, who's like the founder <laughs> of Image. <laughs> Um, yeah, so that's not going to happen, but, um, I'm kind of interested in, uh, so as, as you guys collaborate and there is inevitably like disagreement or whatever of, of, of how stuff is going to go. Um, what is that culture like with you guys as far as like <laughs> making the, the best story as far as like, how do you guys come to consensus on what is the best decision at any one time, uh, in the story as you're moving along? Uh, I generally yell until Spencer says fine. <laughs> mm, that's that's not far off. Um, some so I would say this um, similar to what I said earlier. First idea, best idea is often um, the case with Brady. Mm-hmm. Um, and there have been there have been some times where we have been working on something where. Um, like he's pretty adamant that it should be one thing. And I am like pretty adamant that it should not be that thing and be a different thing. Um, and like, I think the worst it's ever gotten was, I, I remember a specific time where we were like arguing about something. Do you, I, do you remember Brady? It was like, it was over a joke. I think probably about a burrito. Probably yeah, you cut a joke from issue five. I want to say. Yeah. It was a it was a good joke about a burrito, yeah. um, and I was like, "Well, if we change the opening of this to this, it would tie back to the previous issue and help us out with like giving more like character insight." And he was like, "No burrito joke," <laughs> and I got <laughs> I got so mad <laughs> that I was like. I can't deal with this right now. And I just logged off of, I turned off my phone and closed my laptop for like a night. And then like, just like we went back to it the next day and dealt with it and figured it out eventually. Um, 
but like we have we have arguments for sure like we we go head to head on things and honestly though i think that our scripts come out stronger for it Mm -hmm. like i think that if i'm not uh challenged by by uh things that he comes up with and and he's not challenged by things that i come up with then we yeah it's it's what's the point of collaborating sure but I, i definitely don't get the sense with either of you that there's like there's like a big ego there that you feel like my idea needs to go in there that it's, it's no. much more important that like the work as a whole is, is the best it can be. That, that's the case for me. I, I can't speak for Brady. Uh, oh, no, for my, <laughs> my idea first. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that tracks. No, I'd um, say, I'd say that it makes it stronger for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, cool. I, I think it's, I think it's showing. I mean, I, I do, I do like regret that it's, I'm, I'm that I can't point anyone to this to actually see it. Cause I've actually seen <laughs> Me it too. It's, it's, it's pretty awesome <laughs> right now. I mean, hopefully that, that will change. Um, I guess I, one thing that would be interesting to kind of, kind of talk real quickly just to, to finalize is, um, you know, it's, it's, it's clear like making comics, the whole like matrix is a pretty precarious, uh, option it's not 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 guaranteed mm-hmm. i'd be interested how you guys think, um like is it is it worth it will it be worth it long term for you guys if a paycheck at some point is is not forthcoming for the work you do or is it something uh you know you're gonna you're gonna keep doing regardless uh, uh i would i would say for me personally i um i'm gonna be doing it regardless i think like I'm, I'm getting a paycheck. I'm doing colors mm-hmm. on like pretty violent right now, but like I'm, uh, it's coming wrapping up here. The 11th issue. Well, I'll be coloring here pretty soon. And I think that's the end of the second arc and I'll be, I'll be ready for a break and just like do my own stuff and, and that sort of thing. Like it's nice to work for money, but it's also nice just to work because you mm-hmm. want to do it and you find it to be sustainable. Yeah, I, I do. Um, I, um, sometimes I'm not always like the healthiest, whether that's like staying up too late or, uh, procrastinating until right before a deadline, that sort of thing. But I think generally it's, cool. it's been mostly sustainable. Yeah. For me, uh, making money off of it was something I wanted to do early on, but gave <laughs> up on pretty, pretty quickly into it. So, uh, it's not really, I wouldn't say it's a very big factor f- yeah. for me right now, especially like I just started making, that's why I'd stopped going to like Comic-Con and stuff because I just made less and less money and it was would yeah. not worth that. Yeah, totally. I, I have a, um, that you, you kind of talking about that made me think okay. I, I have a question for you, Brandon. One of the things that, um, Brady and I, I think, I think, you know, we, we look up to you and, and know that you're like, uh, a very talented creator and we really respect and listen to your advice. What do you think we should do with, uh, token city oh, at geez. this juncture? Uh, that's really tough. I mean, I wish I could, could like demonstrate some sort of path that was a little bit worked better than, than has worked for me. Um, I think it's worth still trying to to see if you can if you can get a publisher. I think that's still worth spending a little bit of time doing that. Um, but you know, at some point, I think you gotta like uh, let it out into the world. You know, 
So it, it's just a question. Mm-hmm. And what is that point? <laughs> Let tell Spencer. Do you, do you already have, <laughs> have you already decided this, Brady? <laughs> no, really? I want to give up. And, and just I, do I don't want to give up. Well, there's this question too. I mean, does does that does that keep you from s- still getting a publisher at some point? You know, um, in, in some ways, putting something out there into the world. It, it can be a way of actually, um, you know, making the argument for, for why it should be, be published. So, um, I mean, for me, I, I took that approach with, with green monk and, uh, uh, I was always, my end goal was like, I want to make money with this thing at some point. And so if, if, if that was my goal, it, it kind of didn't, didn't serve that goal. But, you know, if you guys want to get your stuff out there, um, which it should be out there in some form, um, and if that's the most important thing, um, I don't know. I think it, it should, you should get it out there however you can. Um, I, I agree that like, I think more important for me is like readers, like people invested and excited about it more than like making mm-hmm. a, a huge profit with it. But part of me thinks that we'd be reaching a new audience that, uh, we haven't been able to get oh, absolutely. to if we do absolutely. go through a publisher. That's, you're going to you're going to be able to, to to get to people that you wouldn't otherwise, and that's for sure. And so that's why I say it's it's still worth kind of exploring all those avenues and finding if if there isn't still some opportunity, some place to get it into print. Just because there's something about getting it into print that it's it's going to get in front of of people who wouldn't otherwise see it. But anyway, you do it. I mean, making comics mm-hmm. is is a long game. It's not about if you think about it project by project, you're just going to get discouraged. It's about, you know, really investing in, in, in a long-term career. Um, so I don't know, but in, in the end, uh, you know, your guys work is, is strong. If you guys keep making it, you know, it's, it'll be recognized. That's what I think, but I don't know. It's not, it's not like I'm, you know, Thanks, sitting man. on the Riviera off of my sweet, sweet, you know, comic book royalties. So I, but we have it on record now. <laughs> we will be successful according to you. Yeah. Right? I wish. <laughs> <laughs> I wish. Well, it depends on how you want to, how you want to define success, oh, you know, but you guys are already successful in my book doing stuff. You love making it happen. Oh, <laughs> Oh no. <laughs> Cultivating a love for Deadpool. Um, but anyway, guys, mm. so the Merc with the, yeah, the Merc, uh, with the you mouth. know, Jimmy, he loves Jimmy Chongas. Um, yes. so just, just to, just to like finish, like I'm totally the whole Deadpool zine idea. I'm in, I'm, I totally am committed. So, uh, <laughs> Good. let's make it happen. Yeah. Um, but anyway, um, anything else you guys yeah. kind of want to, want to plug? I know. There's there's stuff that you would you wish you could plug that, that you can't right now, but anything else you guys want to mention to people they should check out. I don't know. Do oh, you know when this I is have, coming out? I have no idea. Uh, I'll have to figure out what, what my early schedule is. I don't know how timely okay. it's going to be, but go ahead. Even if it is something that's that's time okay. sensitive, let's give it a shot anyway. I'm not sure. Well, Fuhei Two yeah. may have ended. It most likely will have ended yeah. by the time this is out. But go to what what day does it end? Uh, May mid May. I don't have the exact date. So it's like in a couple of weeks. I think mm. there's three posts left. Um, wow. So yeah, go to foodhatesyou.biz. And if you if you haven't read it, it's like 
hundred what hundreds of pages of comics at this point? Three hundred and something. <laughs> Hold on, I still have that. Yeah. Hey, but uh, I did I did one of those pages, a lot. so you know, don't take all the credit. Yeah. I did not include <laughs> the guest pages in the total. <laughs> you oh, did though, you. and it was a very good one. Yeah, it was good. I also did one too. Uh, I'm all. I'm also very. You're good, good Spencer. You're very good. You're a good boy. Anything um, you want to mention, uh, mention Spencer? <laughs> I almost said Mencher. Um, let's see. Um, I was supposed to be directing a movie this summer, but really? who knows what's going to happen now with quarantine? Wow. So that's cool. Um, I would say that um, you should check out. Uh, Brady and I's Instagrams. Uh, mine is at Spenturian and Brady. Yours is what? Heartless Corp. C O R P Corp. Um, and or Core, I guess. <laughs> um, and we're both trying, not always successfully, to post uh, more of our artwork there. So uh, follow us on on the social. Yeah. yeah, I think, and also the token if. Anything ever happens with it, there's a Twitter. Yeah, what's the Twitter? It's at Token City Comic. Cool. Token City Comic. Perfect. Well, guys, I'm really hoping like my accolades are an investment in some sort of future explosion, phenomenal success uh, with you guys. So, um, But I do love what you guys are doing. I think your collaboration is really cool. It's really cool to watch. Um, the commitment to, to kind of the drawing community is awesome and looks like you guys are going to become kind of the new like – new like daddies of draw night so um draw night daddy Daddy. (laughs) but um it'll it'll be kind of cool to see how things develop once once everything kind of opens up again so um thanks again for hanging out and uh and chatting with me and we will definitely yeah hey brandon brandon yes brandon yeah i love you and i'm in love love you you. (laughs) and i'm in love with you okay trademark trademark brady and spencer 2020 Uh, All right, guys. Thanks. Bye. Maybe I want to get some more good bits in, though. Hey, have you heard about this (laughs) thing? Have you heard about this uh, thing called AIDS? Um, Boy, I I remember back when I was in school, AIDS uh, were a good thing because they helped you in class. You, You nailed it. Thank you. Thank you. You've been listening to How to Be an Artist. To support this podcast, you can go to patreon.com forward slash H2BNA.